I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. This is C.J. Pearson, Uncensored. Verdict, count one, unintentional second-degree murder while committing a felony, find the defendant guilty. Count two, third-degree murder, perpetrating an eminently dangerous act, find the defendant guilty. Count three, second-degree manslaughter, find the defendant guilty. What's up, guys? It's CJ Pearson. Welcome to CJ Pearson Uncensored. So this week has been like absolutely just just crazy in terms of news we we got the verdict in on the uh derek uh chauvin trial uh, where he was found guilty on all counts um involved in that case and apparently that just wasn't enough for the left uh you know i think what's interesting is that what happened to george floyd to me and then i've been very vocal about this was indisputably wrong um there is at no point that that officer should have had um, his knee on his neck, definitely not for as long as he did, especially after George Floyd vocalized that he couldn't breathe and all of those things. I, I just think that you see that video, you watch that video, it's it's hard to come to a different conclusion. You know, I've heard people talk about his drug use and all those things, and I'm not saying that George Floyd was a good person. I've never met him or anything like that. I'm simply saying that he didn't deserve to die that way, um, and, and that is where I'm at. Now, as far as the charges that he, that he faced in, in his trial, you know, I really can't say that I personally think murder was the appropriate charge because... Here's the deal. Murder involves having malicious intent, as in like you woke up and you said I was going to kill that person. Um, I don't think that people can really make that argument, you know, and also, too, is like when people say like this was a racist um, act or a racist event, I I also don't believe that either. I I don't think that what I, I think you can say that George Floyd did not deserve to die will also make the argument that George Floyd wasn't killed was because he was black. Because I I don't think that there's, number one, any evidence to suggest that that was the reason he was killed. Um, And and that's that. You know, there are black officers who shoot black people all the time. And you don't see those covered um, or or that talked about, those cases talked about in in that way, right? You You don't hear basically, oh, they were killed because they were black when a black officer does it. And so I think you can't really say that here, absent any evidence or proof that Derek Chauvin, number one, is a racist himself. There's been nothing uncovered that 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 suggests that that he's ever said any racial slurs or he's ever posted any racist comments or anything like that like that hasn't been exposed reported on that is yet to be seen uh and, and two 
even though I, I believe they had known each other or worked at a, a club together, I believe was the story. Um, that doesn't mean that there was significant enough blood, blood or bad blood even at all. Um, Cause I don't even think people even really, anything really came of that. I think it was just that, Hey, they had a previous relationship because they worked at the same establishment before, but only anyone ever went to the links to say that like they had beef at this place of employment that they shared so it's like for me like i'm gonna be honest like should should derek chevin be in jail yes um do i believe that he is going to appeal and this appeal may turn a lot differently also yes you want to know why you can blame that on democrats and liberals who basically decided they were going to basically intimidate the jury uh through these comments comments made by folks like maxine waters uh and if you missed her comments you should listen to him. We've got to stay in the street, and we've got to we've got to demand justice. And I hope uh, that we're going to get a verdict that say guilty, guilty, guilty. And if we don't, we got, we cannot go away. We got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they they know that we need this. So, guys, in that clip, you literally hear Maxine Waters say that if Derek Chauvin is not found guilty, that they're going to burn down America. Literally, like, let me translate. Like, she didn't say that, but but she said that. Like, so let me translate. Like, she's literally saying that if she didn't get the verdict that she wanted, if the left didn't get the verdict that they wanted, if Black Lives Matter didn't get the verdict that they wanted, that they were going to burn down America, that they were going to come for that jury, that they were going to come for Minnesota, they were going to come for all these people, because apparently they believe that mob rule justice is what America is all about. You know, like, like, fuck due process. You know, that's out the door. Who cares about the Constitution or, or anything like that? They believe that mob rule justice is the way in which we should head. But that's not really surprising to me, right? Like, that's exactly how they operate. That's, always, that's how they always operate historically as well. Guys, you know, the left loves to run away from their history as a movement, as an ideology, as a party. Uh, but when lynchings were happening in the South back in the day, it, it wasn't Republicans doing that, guys. It wasn't. Republicans working outside the judicial system to carry out what they believe was the right thing. It wasn't Republicans engaging in vigilante justice. It was Democrats. And so it's no surprise that that same mentality still resides on the left, that it's still uh, not is the reason they act the way they do. They genuinely believe that they don't have to actually respect our legal system. Because here's the deal. I, did I believe that Derek officer Sherman should be in jail? Yeah, I did. Um, did I disagree with the way he was charged? Yes, as well. I think manslaughter was a more appropriate charge, yeah. But I still think he should go to jail. But at the same time, if he was found not guilty, I'd just have to be like, damn, like, the jury disagreed with me, and that's the way our system is. It's the way it operates. It's the way it's meant to do, uh, meant to go. Like, you are judged by a jury of your peers, and if the jury of your peers doesn't convict you, I can disagree with their lack of conviction or, or their or their choice to not. But at the same time, it's like that's our system. And the thing is that people hate the system until they find themselves in that system, right? Like imagine you're on trial, Maxine Waters, and you have someone like Donald Trump saying that if they didn't convict you for probably a, a lot of things you've probably done, Maxine Waters, because let's just be honest here. You don't serve in Congress for God knows how long, decades, and just 
randomly become a millionaire doing the most legal things? Like, how do you become like a multimillionaire and own ridiculous homes, sized homes, um, making 170 grand a year and then just all of a sudden become like crazy rich after being in government all your life? Like, it doesn't take a genius to really read the writing on the wall. So let's say if one day we finally have a DA or a U.S. attorney or an attorney general worth their saw and they actually investigate things like this. And let's say someone like Donald Trump has got on in the stage and said that if he didn't get a conviction for you, that the people were going to put it in their own hands. What would you say, Max? You would say that he was inciting violence. He'd probably try to impeach him or prosecute him again and do all of the things that you tried to do for the last, or the last the four years of his presidency. Uh, and you'd be pretty pissed. And the thing is, is that that is what's so ironic to me about all of this. Because it's like people, the left said that Donald Trump incited violence on January 6th by the words he said. That he said that if, you know, basically saying that the people were going to take it into their own hands is, I think, what, what Trump said. Uh, and then Maxine Waters basically literally said the same exact thing just in relation to a different issue. So it's either right in both cases or it's not right or simply let's just be real and just acknowledge that when they said they were mad about what Donald Trump said, they weren't actually really mad. They realize things like analogies exist. They realize that things like hyperbole exist. They realize that things like figurative language exists. Now, liberals aren't the smartest people in the world, but I just think I, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and just, you know, just try to believe that they graduated the third grade. I think that's a basic third grade ELA standard, right? Like English language arts, like, you know, analogies exist. Figurative language exists. Like rhetorical devices, they exist. And so it's like they can, you know, get their panties and want and pretend to be like, oh, so taken aback by what Trump said. But in all actuality, they know that he didn't actually mean go storm the Capitol. Because he literally said, don't be violent in his speech. He literally said it. I was there front row. I heard him. So it's like these people are so unreal, are so unreal. And the thing is, they love when things like this happen. They love the George Floyds of the world. They love all these trials because they can use it as a as a tool to divide us and, and just bring race to the forefront. Because let's be honest, people, people give a lot, care a lot more about way other issues than they do race on a daily basis. People, and black people too, guys, care a lot more about other issues than race. Like, people care a lot more about how they're gonna provide for their families and put food on the table. The more they get to talk about race and police brutality and all these things that really don't happen as often as they like to pretend it does, they don't have to talk about actual real things of importance. They don't have to talk about how they're going to ensure that wages continue to rise, how people are gonna be able to create jobs. They don't have to talk about that when things like this happen, and it's why they hop from case to case and seek to literally like just race bait every single damn day because how flimsy and unsupported their entire ideology is that is why and that's why we're seeing this entire thing happen with this with a 16 year old girl that recently got shot now they're trying to make her a mater her and, and oh my god we'll talk about that after the break I, i've got some things to say about that i'll see you after the break 
I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. A couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Welcome back, guys. So yesterday I tweeted that not every black person deserves to be defended. Um, not everyone shot by the police deserves to be defended. And I also said that being anti-criminal doesn't mean you're anti-black. I actually think it's the most racist thing in the world. This, this myth that the left has really done a really good job at pushing and promoting. That if you are not pro whoever that's been shot by the police, then you are somehow against black people. It doesn't matter that the person who was shot by the police was wielding a knife or wielding a gun or resisting or had done something really, really terrible to someone. It doesn't matter at all because if you're not defending them, then somehow, some way, deep down, you're a racist. For the life of me, I just don't understand that logic. I really don't. So it's like you have, you know, the George Floyd, uh, you know, trial or the Derek Chauvin trial, um, you know, ended. And then that same day, I believe the 16 year old girl in Ohio, um, let me just pull up this story here. I want to make sure all the details are right. Uh, yeah, this, this happened in, this happened in Ohio in, in Columbus, Ohio, actually, uh, was shot by the police, uh, because she was engaging in a knife fight, a knife fight with some other girls, other teenage girls outside of her Columbus home. Now the issue here lies with the fact that, uh, you know, cops responded. They see this girl with a knife. They see, you know, that she very well could literally stab to death another human being. A cop has to react. And, you know, so he shoots the girl. Uh, and the reality of that is, is that he had to make a decision. He had to make a decision whether or not he was going to allow this girl to stab another human being, potentially let, let him just oddly watch as another person lost their lives or if he was going to do his job to serve and protect. And what's crazy about this is that while folks like LeBron James and all those people are targeting this officer and seeking to literally get him killed, let's just be real about what their intentions are here, even CNN, guys, Don Lemon got this one right. Here's what he said on his show earlier this week about the case. It's real. And you have to take that. That part has to be taken in, into account. There's a lot of anguish. Uh, people are very emotional right now. But we've got to be fair about what happens when police arrive at scenes. It is tragic that it's a 16-year-old girl, just as it is tragic that it's a 13-year-old in Chicago. Um, when police are chasing people, they don't know how old they are. 
and they don't run and say, hey, how old are you? Oh, I'm 13. You know, my mom let me that you don't know that. Or I'm 16. When they roll up on a scene, they see people tussling around. Someone has a knife and their job is to protect and serve every life on that scene. And if they see someone who is in the process of taking a life, what is that decision? What decision do they have to make? And I know that people say, well, you know, you could do this, you could do that. Tasers don't work the way guns work. Not, Tas- at that, not at that distance. Not at that distance. And, and taser- not with that amount of time. That, yeah, right. Tasers, then d- they don't always connect. So you've got to get, you know, two prongs or what have you, and it's got to connect or whatever. But I, 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 I see it. If the woman in the pink was my sister, niece, wife, whatever, I, you have to make a decision. Is one life on that scene more valuable than another? And if someone is trying to take a life, on that scene, do you protect the life of the person trying to take the life or do you protect the life of the person whose life is in imminent danger at that point? That's why I'm not a police officer. But when I look at that, I just it as I said, it is tough because one is a 16 year old. I don't know how old the other person is, but the other person's life was in imminent danger. And as you know, from the hostile environment training that we get on this job and and because of our proximity to law enforcement that at a certain distance a stabbing a knife can be much more lethal than a bullet and especially if you get stabbed in the in, a, in, in the artery in the temple somewhere that you're going to bleed out Look, I feel I for the. I, I feel for you. Always feel for everybody, everybody involved. Sometimes I don't feel for certain parties as much as others, but I feel for that officer. You yeah. could hear it in his voice when he said, um, "You know, the, the the man on the side was saying, uh, you know, you shot my baby, you shot my baby,' and he said she had a knife. She went right at her. Uh, you know, this is something that he's going to have to live with. Also, yeah. I did have one person make one good point that I hope doesn't come across offensive because certainly it's not the way I mean. No, it. but this is what people are talking about. This is this is what people because, again, we, I, again, we weren't on the scene. No, and even but before you say that, Chris, even in the slowed down version, the slow mo version, that slowed version was a second. Second. Right. Imagine in real time how fast it's happening. You're like looking around like, what is going on? Someone, someone call the police. Right. And you see someone with a knife and they're trying to stab the other person. And you're like, what do you do? The taser doesn't work that fast. What do I do? Right. Right. And so you got to there. What you see is a life that is in jeopardy and imminent jeopardy at, at the moment. I don't know. Yeah, that man is right. You shot my baby and he is in grief and in pain. I get that. And the other person could have been bleeding out on the sidewalk as well. And either way, in that position, I think that someone's life probably would have ended. It could have been the other woman in the pink or it could have been the, the 16-year-old who sadly ended up dying. Guys, yeah, like that was Don Lemon. Like Don Lemon, CNN, yeah. So if you lose Don Lemon, just know that maybe you might just actually be really wrong. Like... When the race baiters lose Don Lemon, seriously, l- hang it up, hang it up, pack it up, pack it up. But beyond that, guys, the, the point that I'm making here is, and, and I talked about it a, a little bit earlier in the, in the first segment, is that the reason that they, pro- that they push these cases up, they elevate them, and they, and, and they want to talk about them every single day is because when we're 
talking about these cases, we're not talking about the fact that the Johnson Johnson vaccine just got um, recalled. We're not talking about the fact that there was a crisis at our border uh, that is in large part due to the incompetence um, of Joe Biden. We're not talking about the fact that gas prices are reaching record highs, that they've highest they point they've been at way higher than they were ever at uh, during the Trump administration. When we talk about the fact that criminals are dying at the hands of police, and yes, not black people, guys. Like, let's just like let's let's step away from the racial lens of this, all right? Because the people that are getting shot by the police are people engaging in criminal acts, right? If you look at what happened in in, in, in Ohio with this 16 year old girl, it's a tragedy. Anytime anyone loses their life is a tragedy. It doesn't matter if they've committed a crime or not. It's tragic that they turn to a life of crime that results in them losing their lives. That is a tragedy. We can all acknowledge and admit and say and say that was a tragedy. It's a tragedy that her actions led to her death. That is a tragedy, right? And I wish there had been someone in her life that had turned her down a different road. But unfortunately, there wasn't. And that is a tragedy within itself. It's a tragedy that this type of behavior is normalized within the black community and people don't talk about it. You know, if we're not talking as a community and, and, and saying that this type of violence is wrong, this type of uh, cult of, uh, glorification of, of just being like of street life and all that stuff, like if, if we don't talk about why that is wrong, this cycle will simply continue. And that is a tragedy. So let's not just talk about tragedy in the sense of someone died. Let's talk about the tragedy that it is that these actions that lead to their death have been normalized, accepted, and just brushed aside as if just they're just some cultural norm of the black community. Ones that we can't get rid of, but ones that we're forced to accept. Like black on black crime, we, we just accept that, right? You know, the idea that we don't see the value inherent in one another, someone who looks like us, right? That we can just take their life without really ever thinking of it. That's been normalized, and when people bring up black on black crime, people are like, "How dare you talk about black on black crime?" Because if you're not, if you're talking about black on black crime, we're not talking about police brutality, which is a big, way bigger issue. Except it's not. Statistically, it literally is not a bigger issue than black on black crime. More people in communities of color will lose their life at the hands of one another than they will at the hands of a police officer, and that is literally just a matter of fact. And then you have these random people on the left, and, and, and they'll always throw this out. They'll, they'll throw out some arbitrary number of this many people were shot by police, which, by the way, is a very small number. But, they, but they're just like, they just throw out that statistic in general. They're just like, this amount of people were shot by police this year. How many of those people were justifiably shot by the police? Guys, I don't care if people get shot by the police. Like, genuinely, if you are putting that officer's life in danger you're putting or someone is putting or is doing something that's putting someone else's life in danger they should be shot by the police it's why police officers carry guns they're not decoration they're not decorative guys like this this is real life they carry guns to use them when it is necessary and so if you're throwing out some stat that says oh well all these people got shot by police well how many of them were doing dumb shit that resulted in them getting shot by the police because then you see that statistic through an entirely different lens, right? And then you realize that a lot of these shoots were justified. And so it's an even slimmer number of people that maybe this was a wrong shoot, it was a bad shoot. And if those bad shoots are, are, are true and that's right, then prosecutors, this was, this was a full extent of the law. 
I'm not going to argue against that. Why? Because I think bad, one bad cop makes every cop look bad. And that's the narrative we have to fight against. Like, seriously. Like, the, the statistics literally show that most police officers are good people. Statistics literally show that police brutality is not as pervasive and prevalent as people like to talk about, right? Or the media seeks to make it seem as if it is, right? The statistics literally show that. Again, though, that's not the narrative you see in the press because, again, the left wins when we have these side issues that they can use to distract, uh, and, they, and, they, and they benefit from it, right? Because, like I said, when we're talking about all these people who are, quote-unquote, unjustly dying at the hands of the police, we're not talking about the fact that the founder of Black Lives Matter owns, like, three houses and just bought, like, a million-dollar home in, like, Beverly Hills. Or was it Bel Air? Ugh. Which ritzy California white neighborhood was it? Like, that's like where we're at right now and how much of a scam this entire thing is that we literally, I can't remember which posh neighborhood the Black Lives Matter founder um, is living in these days or, or, or really the, in the, in, of, of which million um, how much her home was. I think, I think it actually was, I think it was in low millions. Um, I'm sure a few more of these shootings happen. Uh, I'm sure she'll be getting an even bigger home. Maybe next one will be next to Elon Musk. Who knows? Who knows? That's the goal for her, probably. It's in her five-year goal. Uh, but this, uh, I, I digress. But the point of this is, and, and what I'm really saying here, seriously, what I'm really saying here, is that we need to literally stop. Like This, this knee-jerk reaction by the left uh, to basically make every person shot the police and mater needs to stop. Because some of these people... Like I said, it's a tragedy whenever this, anytime this happens, for any reason, it's a tragedy. But, like, Jacob Blake, isn't that the guy, like, in Wisconsin who literally was shot after he, like, raped some girl? Like, literally raped a girl. Like, and, and the way he did it, like, I, I don't even feel comfortable, like, talking about it out loud. Nevertheless, reading about it, I was disgusted. Like, if you don't know about that case, you should really look into it. It's disgusting. But there are literally people rioting in Wisconsin um, earlier in the summer, or late, late summer, kind of fall, about that case. When this was a guy who literally broke into some girl's house, accused her of cheating on him, and then decided to penetrate her with his hand and said, wow, it smells like you've been doing something with other guys. And then he runs out of the house, and that's when he shot and that's the type of people that the left wants to make a mater. No. No. Hell no. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. These people, guys, I'm telling you, these people, they never cease to amaze me because there's just not a low they won't go to. There just simply isn't. I'll see you guys on the other side. Jack Armstrong, he's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, 
Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Welcome back, guys. So, literally earlier this week, I tweeted, if you're going to brag about being vaccinated and also yet still wear a mask, like, I I really don't know what's going through your head. Like, if that's going to be you, then the only mask you should be wearing is a clown mask, right? Because, like, like, hear me out. Like, you're going to sit here, you're going to brag about being vaccinated, you're going to virtue signal, you want everyone to know that you're just so conscious, so conscientious or whatever. You're getting your vaccines that, you know, basically volunteering to be Moderna and Pfizer's guinea pig. Congratulations to you. Um, and, and, and I guess shame other people who haven't or whatever. I, I, I don't know what the logic behind all these vaccination pictures are. I, I, it's the weirdest trend to me. I, I just don't get it. But yet I'm still going to see you wearing a mask like in your car because, yeah, COVID's going to catch you as you whip your Nissan Altima. Like, I, I don't understand, like, what's happening there. Like, you literally are driving in your car. You are safe. Like, it is just you. COVID, Miss COVID, Miss Corona, she's not coming for you. Like, she just isn't. Like, relax. And, like, it's just these people that they're just so, like, guys, like, it, it's done. Like, and, and, and I understand, like, the left, they, they've lost the utility for this entire COVID thing now. You know, Trump's out of office. Like, I'm just waiting for them to just acknowledge, like, we're, we're, just, we're over this. Like, we're outside the summer. We're done. Like, we're going back to normal as life should be. Seriously, like, we can, I, I've been saying this since the beginning of this pandemic, and I'm going to say it now. At the end of the day, guys, it is time for us to regain some normalcy in our lives. We cannot continue to allow fear to dictate our lives every single day. Like it's, 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 it's insane. It literally is absolutely insane. And I'm tired. I'm just tired of the hysteria. Like really most importantly, I'm tired of the hysteria. I'm tired of these people getting just, just getting off on like, just like you, you, you got a shot. Like, congratulations. You got a shot. Congratulations. But guys, beyond that, you know, we're looking at a a, a crazy, crazy week ahead of us. Now, it's looking like we're going to see some big news coming out of Georgia uh, with Representative Vernon Jones announcing his campaign for governor. That's huge. You know, I'm native Georgian. Of course, I'll actually be back home uh, in the next week or so. I'm wrapping up my semester here at the University of Alabama. My first semester or second semester here at the University of Alabama, first year. Uh, it's been quite the whirlwind. You know, guys, I, I've got roll tied, number one, but guys, send your kids to the University of Alabama. Seriously, I mean it. Uh, this is not a sponsored post. Like, seriously, go do it. Um, it's one of the greatest schools in the country. And, and in terms of, like, I know a lot of people are always asking me, like, you know, what is it like being conservative at the University of Alabama? Seriously, like, so many people here have such similar values, like-minded values, and the people that here that aren't all that conservative they're still agreeable people uh they're not too radical now uh, you know every now and then you'll run into your your, a blue-haired crazy that just comes with the territory that's life you can't run away from those people you know every now and then i'll run into someone with like 18 pronouns in their bio and that's just something you have to deal with but um at the end of the day again that's just life it's it's sadly 2021 um 
but you're going to get that everywhere. And you're going to get a lot more any other university but UA. So, guys, go to the University of Alabama. Um, roll tied to that. It's been a great time here. I'm looking forward to next semester and, and doing more on campus and things like that. It's just been a great, great time. And and also, too, guys, it's been – I started this podcast at the beginning of the school year. Uh, we're going to keep going, of course. But uh, So it's been crazy. I think this is like month – six it would have to be or something like that so yeah it's been a great six months and uh number one i just want to say i appreciate you guys there's gonna be a lot more to come and uh guys seriously tell your friends if they have the vaccine please stop wearing these masks like stop it's just why why are you doing it why are you doing it but guys i'll see you back here next week so excited for that we're gonna have a lot to talk about we have a really special guest next week officer brandon tatum huge guy uh he was doing a lot of great work in terms of uh, just shining a light on you know the other side of the argument you know we talked about black lives matter um earlier in the episode and but what is what is it like being a police officer in america i think fox news asked an interesting question tucker carlson did like why would anyone want to be a police officer today like why like what like it's the most thankless job in America. They lay everything on the line every single day just to get absolute like pissed on by the media and everyone else. It's absurd. Uh, but we'll have Officer Tatum on next week to discuss that. And I cannot wait for that conversation. So I'll see you right back here next week. Until then, stay safe. Hey guys, CJ Pearson here. Join us right here on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts for the same hard-hitting truth because we'll never stop fighting for you. Right here on CJ Pearson Uncensored. CJ Pearson Uncensored, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival, presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean, Keith Urban, Jelly Roll, Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes, all hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th, stream only on Hulu, starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.